Good morning. Welcome to today's devotion. Yesterday we talked about prayer. Today we're going to talk about God's answer to our prayers. And sometimes when God answer our prayers, sometimes things don't work out the way that we think that they should. So why is that? You may be asking yourself the question, but Today, before we get started into deeply going into this word, let's just welcome his presence here. Father, I thank you that you're here today, this morning. And as you speak, I ask and I invite your holy presence here. In the name of Jesus, I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, to speak to your people, teach them what they should know. We just honor you and we praise you. We know that it's because of you. Despite our sins, despite what we do, you love us anyway. And I'm so grateful that you don't hold our sins against us. We are grateful. So we thank you right now for doing what you're about to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Sometimes we paint ourselves or mop ourselves in a corner. And if I can be candid, I remember being six or seven and mopping the floor. And somehow it would be a huge, our living room was so huge and I would sometime take that that mop bucket and ended up mopping myself right there in the corner. And what did you do? You don't want to, of course, walk on the floor or touch it, especially if you don't waxed it. So you find yourself just standing and waiting until it dries. And to be honest with you, no one taught me. And the older I got, uh, no one said to do it this way. Eventually, I had to learn to mop my way out of the room or paint my way out instead of painting myself in a corner. Similar, why does God allow certain things to happen, or why doesn't he answer certain choir, uh, prayers? As I've said before, his answers are usually yes, not right now, or no. Let me um, give you these scriptures. The first scripture that we're going to go through, and as we're going to go through it, and you're going to see through um, the first scripture, the children of Israel wanted a king. Uh, they wanted to be like the other nation. Now, before, God had wanted his people not to be like everyone else. But the children of Israel cried out and said, I want to be like everyone else. 
Um, we need a king. And let's, as we, I'm just setting up some background, the reason why God didn't want them to be, have a king, because God wanted to be their king. Similar, when my children were growing up, and I remember them, when the, uh, the scooters came out, and everybody on the block had one. So they came to me and said, Dad, we want a scooter. And I said, why? Because everyone else has one. I said, wrong answer. You don't get things because everyone else has them. You have to come back with a better answer than that. See, I believe that, and, and as we go through the scripture, you're going to see how God's response was. So go with me. I'm here at 1 Samuel chapter 8 and starting at verse 1. And I'm just going to pretty much sum it up. When Samuel was old, his sons were the judges because they were judges. And, of course, they weren't the most godly judges. They were, the Bible says, they were dishonest in their gains. And they took bribes and they perverted justice. In other words, justice wasn't equal for everyone. And the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel. And they said to him, Behold, you have grown old. Your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint us a king to judge us like all the other nations. In other words, they could have approached Samuel and asked him for other judges. But instead, they asked him for a king. But the matter was so displeasing in the sight of Samuel when they said this, give us a king to judge us, that Samuel, what does he do? He prayed to the Lord. And when we're in a situation as we went through prayer yesterday, what we're supposed to do is pray to God. So listen at what the Lord says. And the Lord said to Samuel, listen to the voice of your people regarding all that they're saying, because they have not rejected you, but they've rejected me from being king over them. In other words, God wants us to trust him. No matter what we're going through, no matter what circumstances we're experiencing. God wants us to trust him. And Jesus echoed this. You see, and put your pencil right there as we go to John 16. When the disciples, uh, when Jesus was getting ready to go experience death, he had this saying to his disciples at verse 30. He said, now, we know that we know what you're talking about because Jesus was telling them, hey, I'm, I'm about to die. I'm not going to be here um, anymore. And they're looking at him. Wait a minute. How can you die? You've healed all these people. You've resurrected these people. And now you're getting ready to leave us. We thought that you were going to be here and you were going to help us to get out of this tax situation and get these people from up over us. And you were going to be our king here and living here forever on the earth. I'm just um, emphasizing what exactly is going on. But when Jesus talked to them, 
about his promises and he tells them that I'm getting ready to give you something greater. So this is where we pick up on when he said, now uh, the disciple says, now we know that you know all things and have no need for anyone to question you. They're talking about Jesus. Because of this, we believe without any doubt that you came from God. And Jesus answered them. He said, do you now believe? Take careful notice. An hour is coming and has arrived when you will all be scattered. He's given, predicting them to what's about to happen when he he's, goes to the cross. Each to his own home, leaving me alone. And yet I am not. In other words, I don't want you guys to worry. I'm not alone because the Father is with me. I have told you these things so that in me you would have perfect peace. And in this world you would have tribulation, distress, suffering, and be discouraged. But be confident and be filled with joy for I have overcome the world. And I have accomplished an over-abiding victory. Now, let me stop right there. Because sometimes in our prayers and in praying for people, I mean, there is, we got to be honest that God doesn't answer all our prayers. All, all our prayers are not yes. All our prayers don't work out the way that we want to. In fact, sometimes God will give us the very thing that we're asking for in order to teach us a lesson. I remember a time praying about this relationship and God specifically showed me some things about this person. But however, as I'm praying, he's telling me and I'm saying, Lord, just make it happen. And he allowed it to happen, but little did I know that that was, be emotional stress and turmoil for me. I also remember the time when um, even a couple months ago, praying for um, my cousin and, and, you know, not and and praying for my family members that uh, God would protect them during the the virus. But then I experienced a painful situation where my cousin passed away. Um, uh, my first younger cousin that I grew up with. Very painful. But God reminded me something. And I'm going to take you guys there, if if you don't mind. I'm going to take you to the scripture that God showed me. And, and in this scripture, I want to remind you, in the book of Joseph, I'm, um, the stories of in Joseph, it's Genesis chapter 50 and verse 15. And it says it like this, and I, I just want to set this up. As you can recall, Joseph had dreams at a young age. He's 17, and he was taken off from his father, and he was taken into a foreign country. And he go through a series of events that changes his life for over 20, over 20 years. He's away from his family. He's thrown in a dungeon. He's jailed. He's accused. He's made to be going to slavery. All of these things and taken away from the father he loves. But 
in it, he realized that the purpose of those dreams that God gave him was to show him a glimpse of his future. But all oh, the very end of this story is the main purpose of the understanding of understanding, even though he went through so much pain, even though that you may be experiencing divorce, even though that you may lose your home, even though that a loved one may leave you, the, this, this story tells you that in the midst, you need to understand that if God allowed you to experience it, he already knows exactly what's going to happen. And it's best that you allow him to see you, to walk you through something. Let me go ahead. When Joseph's brother saw that his father was dead, because Joseph's brothers betrayed him, and they sold him in slavery, he said, if Joseph carries a grudge against us and pays us back in full for all the wrong, which we did to him. So they sent word to Joseph, saying, Your father commanded us before he died, saying, You are to say to Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the transgressions of your brothers and their sin, for they did wrong. And now forgive the transgressions of the servants of God, your, the God of your father. And Joseph went, wept, when he heard them spoke. In other words, his brothers came to him after they're the ones were the very cause of his pains in their eyes. And now here it is, he's over them and he's able to provide for their families. Then they're safe because of the famine, because of every single thing. Nobody's eaten, but their family is. Their whole entire, their whole entire families are eating. All of these 11, these 10 brothers are eating because, uh, I mean, excuse me, these 11 brothers are eating because of Joseph. Joseph is completely taking care of his, them, but they felt like now because of the father is dead, Joseph can use this time to pay them back. But listen what Joseph said. Do not be afraid, for I am in the place, am I in a place of God? He said, and this is what you need to know in verse 20, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present outcome. One of the things that you need to know when you're experiencing anything that no matter what the enemy is doing or what a God allowed to happen, no matter if your prayers are not happening, if God allow it to happen, it had to be signed off by him. And he knows that it's going to work out for your good. I'm going to close and uh, with, with this, this scripture. Romans 8 and uh, verse 30 says it like this. And he's talking about God has predestined all he had called, and he's justified. And it says that, what shall we say these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? 
He did not spare his own son, but he delivered him over for us. And how will he deliver him? Not also will him freely he give all, us all things. Who will bring charges against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus died, but rather he was raised. And who is at the right hand of the Father, and he's also interceding. Remember interceding? Going on our behalf for us. And then if that's the case, he said, who will separate us from the love of Christ? God loves us so much. Will tribulation or trouble, persecution or famine, nakedness or danger? And he said, go down to verse 7. But in all these things, we're overwhelmingly conquered through him who love us. For I am convinced neither death nor life nor angels or principalities nor things present nor things to come nor power nor heights nor depths nor any of these created things will be able to separate us from the love of Christ. Father, I thank you that your love is greater. And now that you have spoken to your people in this devotion, I pray that they would understand that whether you answer their prayer the way that they want, whether things don't work out, that they would understand that you're always in charge. Now, may they apply this word and this instructions. May they see clearly that no matter what, you are always overwhelmingly in charge of all things. Therefore, all things will truly work out for those who love you and are called according to your purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, answered prayers can truly be answered by relying on God. For those of you that has no clue as to how to consistently have a relationship with God the Father and even understand the Son and the Holy Spirit. I'm asking you to continue to listen to these podcasts, but more importantly, it starts by coming into the relationship with Him. He, he wants to welcome you in the family of believers. And how is that done? Do, what is it that you have to do? Do you have to give? No, you don't have to do anything. It's just a matter of faith. Only thing you have to do is repeat after me. Just say, Lord Jesus, I need you. And I'm asking you to come into my heart, to be my Lord and my Savior. I believe that you died for me, and I believe that you rose from the grave. Now, from this day forward, take total control of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, friends and families, the answer prayer is really relying on God to answer the prayer. It's not thinking and having some predisposed way of thinking that God's supposed to work things out the way that we want. But being able to accept no matter what happens, God is in charge. 
have a wonderful day.